Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Friday, March 17th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, it's St. Patrick's Day. Happy St. Patrick's Day to you. Uh, hopefully, they'll, they'll be wearing the green caps out there in uh, in Arizona, right? They'll 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 at least do that for the uh, for the holiday. Yeah, they usually do, Joe. And then it's kind of they 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 frequently end up playing the the Reds on St. Patrick's Day. So yeah, they both. Uh, they kind of uh, wear the green caps, and uh, the Reds, I think, are a little more into it than than Cleveland, if I remember, you know, my past uh, St. Patrick's days in, in the desert. Well, I, I think the Reds have, like, green jerseys that they wear, too, or something like that. But, yeah, uh, green. I don't know if they do the green bases. Somebody, they might do the green bases, too. Well, will they be the extra large bases? I, I mean, I don't know <laughs> if you can find the the 18-inch bases now in, in that size. Uh the Guardians uh, yesterday uh, beat the White Sox five to one. Tristan McKenzie uh, had a nice outing for Cleveland on the mound. Yeah, you know he was coming off a, a tough outing against uh, Milwaukee. Really, he's been kind of knocked around this spring. Twelve point zero zero ERA coming into yesterday's game, but he goes four innings, one run, Joe, five hits, five strikeouts, two walks. Um, and, you know, he gives up the run in, in the first inning and then, you know, does a nice job. Uh, Francona said after the game, you know, he, uh, you know, he had some traffic on on the bases, you know, five walks. I mean, five hits, two walks. But, you know, he, pit, he, he was glad to see him pitch with guys on base, especially since he pitched well. So, you know, he was kind of stopping threats and uh, and getting strikeouts at the right time. So that's encouraging. Yeah, a lot of times in these in these spring training or exhibition situations, uh, you know, even with that re-entry rule, sometimes when the, the innings get long, uh, you don't necessarily get an opportunity to see your guys pitch with a lot of traffic in game situations that they'll be facing during the regular season. Uh, it, it's, it's sometimes a, a real sanitized, uh, you know, controlled environment. And, you know, you want them to, to have that sort of that challenge to see them work on the skills of overcoming it and what am I going to do in these situations and and that's what McKenzie faced with with runners on base yesterday uh, he was able to to you know resort to his you know bag of tricks to to get out of whatever jams he was in and, and that happened and uh, all uh, a good step in the progress towards uh, where he needs to be for for opening day and, and beyond 
So, uh, you know, Tito said it's it, it's good to see him work work out of trouble in a situation like that. But it's it's also good to see him, you know, log four plus innings and and get through situations where, you know, he's uh, he, he's going to face during the regular season. Yeah, definitely. You know, he are uh, the, the Indians, uh, the Guardians nemesis, you know, uh, Andrus Elvis Andrus, uh, of course, you know, starts the game with a double comes around to score, but that was the only run, the, you know, the Chicago scored against McKenzie and, and, and on the afternoon as well. But in the second, he gives up a leadoff double to sheets and, and pitches around that. And, uh, you know, so like you were saying, Joe, he did a, he did a nice job with traffic on the bases because, you know, sometimes that can turn into uh, a disaster. Miles Straw uh, had a couple of hits in the game. He was on base and, uh, you know, just good to see him uh, starting to, you know, sort of get his timing and get himself together. Uh, Tito's Tito had been concerned about the number of at-bats that he was getting, uh, the number of opportunities he's he's seen. Uh, but it, it seems like, you know, a couple of at-bats here yesterday and, and he, he looked like he, he, you know, has things together. Yeah, they're really uh, pushing him to uh, be more aggressive at the plate, Joe. They want him to, uh, you know, take some more hacks, you know, not not wait for the perfect pitch, not wait, uh, you know, for the that perfect, the, the ball in the perfect location. They want him to gamble a little bit more. You know, he's, he makes contact, but he doesn't, he doesn't make a lot of hard contact, especially last year. So, you know, yesterday he had the double, had a single and got robbed of a third hit by a great catch by Oscar Colas in uh, center field, Chicago's, uh, I think that's a rookie center fielder. So, and, and, and interestingly enough, Joe, in the, uh, in the fourth inning, you know, he, he singles with one out and uh, then uh, gets balked to second base when the White Sox pitcher tried three uh, pickoff attempts and did not get them. So that's the first time we've seen that this spring. And it, it was interesting just to, to see it happen, I guess. Yeah, uh, I guess that's one of the rules that I think we're going to see, you know, come into play a little bit less in terms of uh, seeing an actual third pickoff attempt. I don't I don't I can't imagine during the regular season that they would ever risk balking a guy to second base by throwing over three full times. Yeah, it was strange. And I don't know if the guy lost count of the uh, outs or, you know, lost count of the attempts. He was uh, Jesse. uh Schultens was on the mound for Chicago. So, uh, or, you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe he got tired. He just figured to throw over there to give himself a break. I, I'm not sure. I don't know what the deal was, but it didn't work. And it was, a you know, just uh, an odd occurrence because what they played 18, 19, 20 games already. And that's the first time we've seen it. Yeah, I could I can see them, you know, allowing the pitch clock to expire for a ball um, if they want to catch a breather or catch a break or something like that more often than, let's say, you know, balking a guy to second base to try and, and, and catch a break that way. Uh, Plesak might be the only one that I'd be concerned about because of the number of times he likes to throw over because he's so in love with his own pickoff move and he's he's just so convinced that he can get every guy every time. I mean the the chances of now the just a pure pickoff where you throw over and you got a guy uh i think are, are going to be fewer and, and and further between this year than than ever before 
Yeah, definitely, especially for a uh, a right-hander. You know, lefty's still going to have a, an advantage, but a right-hander, like even as quick as Zach uh, Plesak is, it's going to be tough, I think. And another another kind, there was a, a couple pitch violations too, Joe. Uh, in the first inning, Gonzalez, uh, Oscar Gonzalez, you know, received a, you know, a ball four call on a pitch violation against Nick Avila. And then uh, in the sixth inning, uh, Palacios, you know, received a ball uh, on a pitch violation. So, you know, there's starting, you're starting to see more and more of that now. Yeah. And uh, I saw an interview with Max Scherzer where he was talking about how, you know, this is, this is designed to the, the pitch clock here is designed to uh, improve the pace of the game, not change the results of the game. And he, when when you've got these automatic balls being issued, it's it, 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 it's it, he doesn't want to see it happening in regular season games where it decides a regular season game. And I think everybody's in agreement with that. Uh, it's going to be a rocky road to to start with. I think early on in the season, you're going to see some pretty controversial results uh, come of this. But uh, as we get more and more used to it, uh, you'll see fewer and fewer of those those pitch clock violations. Uh, I, you know, at least that's the hope. That's that's what everybody's, you know, sort of banking on at this point. Yeah, there was a couple on uh, on Cleveland pitchers as well. Uh, you know, Tristan McKenzie got one in the fourth and uh, uh, Class A got one in the fifth. And after... You know the 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 top of the fifth after the inning uh, was over. You know uh, Carl Willis, uh, Class A, and and Tito Francona met with the home plate umpire to discuss it. I think they were just trying. You know Class A was a little confused about what happened. Uh, offensively, uh, Josh Naylor coming up with the uh, the big hit of the day for the Guardians uh, really provided the the majority of their offense uh, with a with a grand slam. Yeah, and uh, you know, listening to uh, Tom Hamilton uh, call the call the slam. I mean, Joe, he hit it out of the ballpark. It sounds like you know, in, in, to right field, the ball jumps to right field, anyways. But you know, there's a there's a high wall there. Then there's a the a party center there, a roof of the party center, and behind that there's a uh, you know the concourse and a fence. And I guess he hit it. <laughs> Naylor hit it over everything. So you know, that's I'd like to see the distance on that one. But well, uh, and beyond the fence is the uh, is the the airplane graveyard. So if he hit the airplane <laughs> graveyard, that's uh, that's saying something. Yeah, that was so. That was a shot, and uh, you know, I thought Tito had some, uh, you know, some inter- uh, something interesting to say after the game. He said, you know, he loves to see, you know, Naylor, you know, uh, a swing, to see Naylor swing when he's, you know, has a sight set on the uh, on on the middle of the field. He said that's what he did in that swing. You know, he, he said uh, when he tries to do that, he doesn't do it. When he doesn't try to do it. You know, that's that's when, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, a home run like that happens where, you know, it, it just continues uh, Naylor's success against the the White Sox uniform. Uh, I think if he sees the uh, the White Sox out there, he he turns in his best effort. Uh, I, I think there's there's going to be some internal motivation uh, forever now, ever since that uh, those games in, in May where, you know, he, he came back and uh, led the 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 incredible comeback for the guardians uh in chicago 
So uh, every time he sees that that White Sox jersey, it's a little extra motivation for him. Yeah, definitely. And I think uh, about this time, I think he spared his batting helmet. I don't think it, you know, was uh, it rattled down the dugout after he hit after he hit that grand slam. At least no one said it did. So uh, well, the, the batting helmet is probably happy about that. Well, he's at home, so he probably wasn't hearing uh, heckles from fans uh, yeah. in, in the stands. And, you know, uh, again, we talked uh, yesterday about the Edwin Diaz situation and the, you know, maybe it might be uh, time to uh check our celebrations uh as they as they go uh we don't want to see anybody get hurt before the uh, the start of the regular season uh another familiar face back from the world baseball classic richie palacios uh was was back out there in the lineup uh after having played for team netherlands in the uh pools out in the asia pacific uh region for the wbc yeah made the uh, 15 hour flight back home uh you know, came in late as a uh, defensive replacement for uh, Stephen Kwan, you know, got in at bat. And I guess uh, Quantrill is back, and uh, so is uh, Bo Naylor. Uh, you know, they, they uh, rejoined the team yesterday from uh, from Canada. And uh, I guess, uh, you know, we'll see uh, what, uh, you know, uh, Josh, uh, Josh Wolf is coming back, too, from Mid-Team Israel, I would imagine. He's coming back and joined the, you know, rejoin the uh, minor league, you know, the minor league uh, side of the, uh, you know, the training, the Indians, the Guardians training center. And Mabry's Valoria and Diane Frias, who were with Team Columbia, also scheduled to be uh, back in camp today. Uh, so it should be interesting. I guess the only guy left uh, on a WBC roster right now is Andres Jimenez playing with Team Venezuela. And uh, they get the United States coming up uh, tomorrow, and we'll uh, we'll talk about that here in a minute. Uh, the The rotation for the Guardians uh, looks like it's it's shaping up, and it's it's sort of set uh, heading forward right now. Uh, looked like uh, what we have. Um, uh, you said Aaron Savali is is going to pitch tonight against the um, Reds, and then uh, beyond that, uh, I think. Uh, um, Cal Quantrill is going to get a, a chance to get out there, and, and Xavier Curry as well. Yeah, I think uh, you know now we're going to start seeing those those five guys probably you know line up and 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 pitch the last you know ten or twelve games of spring training, Joe. Uh, you know, and uh, I'm not sure you know Curry is is supposed to pitch uh, follow uh, um, uh, Savali tonight, so we'll see if he gets a start. But I would think. You know, it, it's going to be the five guys, you know, Bieber, McKenzie, Quantrill, Kaplisak, uh, and Savali. Th- those are the guys we're going to probably start seeing on a regular basis now. Right, right. It's it's Savali and Curry against uh, Cincinnati, Kaplisak uh, against Arizona, Quantrill against Seattle, and then uh, it they haven't announced there's to be determined against Colorado on uh, on Sunday. There's a split squad on Saturday, so oh, that's yeah, why you have right, right. why you have uh, Plesac and Quantrill going on the on the same day there. Uh, so you know it'll it'll be interesting to see everything will will everything will revolve around getting Bieber what one or two more starts before uh, before opening day. I think I think he'll have one more and then uh, you know he should he should pitch on Sunday of next week before uh uh before the the Thursday opener. 
Yeah, yeah, and and that that'll give them a full, you know, full four or five days rest, whatever, whatever they decide to give them. Uh, but yeah, he is on schedule for sure for that opening day on on March 30th in in Seattle. Uh, so far, Aaron Savali uh, has has done well in a, in a big spring for him. Uh, he's looked pretty good. Uh, so to to get him out there on the mound again, fourth start for him, uh, uh, pretty important uh, outing for for Aaron Savali. Yeah, I think uh, you know Aaron has been healthy this spring. That's the key. You know, after two years of uh, kind of nagging little freakish injuries, you know, he's he's. I think he's looked more like himself. You know, he looked stronger to me, Joe, when I was out in spring training. Uh, and he looked, uh, you know, he looked determined. He looked uh, like he knew this was a big year for him. And, you know, all the talk was, you know, would somebody threaten Savali or Plesak when, when spring training, uh, you know, once when, when spring training opened? And we haven't seen that really. I, I don't think, you know, I think the five guys that, that ended last season are going to be, you know, in the, in the opening day rotation when, when this season starts. But we have seen... Uh, some interesting developments in the bullpen, Joe, with Hunter Gaddis yesterday. Yeah, Hunter Gaddis and uh, and like we mentioned, Xavier Curry, both guys that are, uh, look like they're they're competing right now, and it, it could be uh, very interesting. Uh, uh, Savali two and one in three starts with um, uh, you know a four point five zero ERA, seven strikeouts in six innings pitched, uh, but his walks and hits per innings pitched uh, is down under one. It's a zero point eight three, uh, which is real nice. Uh, but yeah, the, with two spots being open in the bullpen right now, with you're not sure if Sam Hentges is going to get a chance to throw at all before camp closes. He's probably going to start the season on the injured list, uh, so you're probably going to need one of those guys. They're they're the best options right now because they're they're already on the 40 man roster. You don't have to create any room or space or anything like that. Uh, so Hunter Gaddis has has done well for himself uh, so far uh, this spring. Yeah, he, he pitched uh, two scoreless uh, yesterday. In you know, he followed uh, Class A into the game, six up, six down in the fifth and sixth innings, two strikeouts. Uh, he's he's done a nice job, Joe. He looks like he doesn't look like the guy that you know struggled in those two starts when he came up last season. And then uh, the lefty uh, Tim Heron, you know, kind of prospect. He had two two scoreless innings as well. You know, three, he gave up three hits, two strikeouts, but I think that was by far his probably best outing of the spring. And, you know, it's still to be determined, you know, do they want him in the pen? Do they need a lefty in the pen? Or do they think he needs uh, more seasoning? Yeah, Gaddis, uh, four appearances so far this spring, 2.89 ERA. Uh, he's gone, he's thrown nine nine and a third innings. He's, he's struck out 11 and has walks and hits per innings pitch, 1.07, so... You know, uh, that's that's pretty impressive for, like you said, a guy who, you know, after the first time we saw him against uh, against Houston, he looked shell shocked out there. But uh, but now he looks a little more comfortable. Joe, and, and when I see him, I think of, uh, you know, the movie Aquaman. The, uh-huh. the star, he looks just he's, like the, the star there. I Jason, mean, Jason, Jason Momoa. He looks like. Uh, he didn't have the, uh, the the tattoos down his arm like Jason Momoa or anything no, like that. No. But he's, he's a big dude, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, he's got the beard. He's got the hair. It's it's. Uh, I don't know. Maybe that's just me, but that's what that's what I flash flash to when I see him. He he looks more like a, a guy in a Ford pickup truck commercial to me. Uh, he just <laughs> he he's just he looks like a good old boy, and uh, he gets up there on the mound, and at six foot six, he's he's pretty imposing. 
Uh, another guy that's having a really good spring, uh, Gabriel Arias, uh, just keeps hitting. And he's he's sort of forcing them to answer their own questions about who's going to be the utility guy and and who's going to get the opportunity and who might have to, to head down to uh, uh, Columbus to, to keep getting regular at-bats. Yeah, he went uh, one for three yesterday, a double. Um, you know, I, th- I kind of feel sorry for this guy, Joe. We really haven't, we really haven't got a good look at him every day, you know, just to see what he can do at one position, you know, and, uh, you know, su- shortstop is supposedly his best spot, but, you know, I don't think we're going to get to see him there maybe until next year or whatever happens, you know, with the uh, Ahmad Rosario, you know, all the, uh, scenarios that could happen with him. But, you know, right now he's a utility guy. He's bouncing around and he's making the best of it. And, uh, you know, and right now, and he's hitting, you know, that, that's, he's always hitting spring training and, uh, you know, he's doing it again this, this year. So, you know, and I wonder, you know, it's kind of putting pressure on uh, Tyler Freeman. You know, you really, when you look at the composition of the roster, how it could shake out, do they need two utility guys or does a guy like David Fry sneak in there, you know, who could second and third and, I mean, uh, first and third and catch, you know, so there's, there's some possibilities here that, that we just, you know, re- haven't got a grip on, but I think we know one thing that Arias is probably on this ball club right now. Yeah. I, I would be absolutely stunned if Gabriel Arias doesn't open the season, uh, with, uh, the major league club and it, 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 they, they will move him around. They will play him, um, you know, at third base on a day when they want to get Jose off his feet or, you know, play him over at second base when they want to get uh, Jimenez off his feet. Uh, I think the the only chance we're going to get to see him an extended, you know, everyday sort of stretch of games will be if Rosario either gets hurt or, uh, you know, if he is less effective come, let's say, the end of April, uh, you know, mid-May or something like that. They're going to give a guy like Ahmed Rosario a chance to, you know, hit himself out of any sort of early slump. But if it if it looks like he's not going to be effective after a while, then then you might see Gabriel Arias in there at shortstop a little more often. Yeah, and, you know, I think uh, the injury is the big thing, Joe. I mean, hopefully you don't want to wish an injury on anybody, but, you know, that's that's probably his his best chance to get, get some playing time. You know, Rosario is starting to come on a little bit. He had three hits uh, two days ago, uh, two hits yesterday. So he's starting to, uh, you know, get ready for, for opening day. So I, I think, uh, you know, it would take, it would take something, uh, out of the ordinary for, for, uh, areas to see a lot of playing time at shortstop. Uh, who could be in that next group of, uh, of guys, uh, you know, it's going to be a smaller group of guys getting, uh, cut or sent down, uh, out of camp, but you've got to make, like they said, uh, make room for, um, you know, the, the regulars to keep playing a, a little more often and, and, you know, be out there. So, you know, who, who do you think, you know, could Freeman be in that next group of guys to, to head down? Yeah, I think he could, Joe. I think, you know, he got in at bat yesterday. We'll see, you know, they've got what split squads on Saturday. And uh, usually after that, you know, a roster cut is coming, you know, they got an off day next Wednesday. So, you know, you know, the ro- the roster's going down and uh, I would think, you know, but what do they got? Like, I think they have what, 40, 45 players in camp right now, 42 players in yeah. camp. Mm-hmm. Yes. Something like that. 45. Yeah. yeah. So, um, 
you know, they're going to have to make a significant cut, but they they won't do it until next week sometime. And I would, Freeman's got a, you know, Freeman could be one of those guys, you know, a guy like uh, Maybreez Villaria. We we just don't know how, you know, him going to the WBC has affected his chances. You know, we saw them, you know, option, uh, option Bo Naylor down. So, uh, you know, that that's that's a guy to, to look at. And, uh, you know, Connor Pilkington in the pitching department, uh, you know, some, you know, is it Curry or is it Gaddis, you know? Uh, so there's, there's, there's still some people that, that could, you know, def, there, there's still obviously some people that are going to get sent down. Yeah. And, and there's, there's pitchers who are out there that they'll, they'll keep just to have extra arms to get through games, but they can always call up, uh, right, at least right now, they can always call up guys from the, the minor league camp to, to sit there and, and, provide a, a little backup during uh, the exhibition games. But uh, a guy like a, a Nick Mikulacic, who, who could be on the bubble, you know, might be sticking around for a, a little bit more of a look uh, as well. Uh, Tuki Toussaint, uh, you know, I don't think they'll make a decision on him quite yet. But guy, uh, veteran guys who, who you know, have an opportunity somewhere else, they might cut them, cut them loose uh, as well. I think uh, pretty good chance Zach Collins might get. Uh, you know, might be one of the next cuts in terms of the uh, the next group of guys just to to give uh, some of these guys a, a little bit more time behind the plate. Uh, Micah Preez, I think they could, you know, I could yeah. see them keeping him around, uh, you know, be, being one of the last cuts just because, you know, they like him, but and he provides uh, depth at different positions. Uh, and then in the outfield, Roman Quinn, uh, he's hung around this long. Uh, but I don't think he's he's going to last much longer uh, now that Palacios is back. Yeah, you know, and I heard Quinn has an out out clause on March 24th. So you know that's when you know he could make a decision or he could you know ask the the Guardians, are, "Am I on the roster? If not, I want to become a free agent." Or he could decide if they want to keep him in the organization to you know start the season at AAA. And all these guys, probably all the uh, you know guys like Collins. And, uh, you know, Gallagher and, and Maybreez, all the, uh, you know, the guys on, uh, on minor league deals that have, you know, that were basically free agents that they brought in. They they probably all have out clauses toward the end of March. Right. Uh, as far as, um, you know, they're playing the Reds tonight. Um, and you know, we talked about that. We, we talked about David Fry being uh, a, an interesting guy in terms of his his versatility. Uh, and, and, you know, maybe they keep him because they, they automatically get a third catcher in that uh, scenario as well. Uh, so the roster composition, it's coming down to a, a couple of names, a couple of positions here. And we'll keep an eye on that as we move forward. Uh, all right. Uh, we we want to mention uh, we talked at length yesterday about Edwin Diaz and the uh, the the injury that he suffered after the win in the World Baseball Classic by Puerto Rico. Uh, they were celebrating the win, and he hurt his knee. Uh, turned out it was a patellar tendon that he uh, in- injured, and he's already had the surgery, and it's going to be season-ending surgery for him. Uh, that's uh, you know pretty quick turnaround for for uh, that kind of thing. But you know, it turns out that's uh, the the Mets now are without their hundred million dollar closer for the uh, foreseeable future. Just a devastating injury. Just, uh, you know, God, that you know, that's the worst case scenario, Joe. The guy, you know, he does his job, he gets the save, 
<clears throat> and then he blows out his knee celebrating. I mean, it's a freak injury. Yeah, it could happen anywhere. But the fact that it happened away from the Mets, that away from team control, uh, just makes it more devastating for the Mets and for that ball club, for a team with a 300 $45, million payroll that, you know, had done every, that the, an owner had done everything possible to ensure that they were going to at least get to the World Series this year. Uh, and just, you know, one little, one little celebration and, and it, you know, you lose, you know, a key piece to that club and, uh, you know, it makes you wonder about the WBC. I guess, you know, people are saying, you know, one injury shouldn't dampen, you know, or take away from from this event. But if you're the Mets, you're probably feeling a little different today right now. Right. And and you saw immediately Mookie Betts and um, Mike Trout came out and supported the World Baseball Classic, supported the uh, the idea of playing for your country and, and being out there and how it, it means something different to the players out there. He understand, they understand that, you know, the fans have have one take about it, but it it's not the only thing to consider. Uh, these players want to play for their country and, and compete. And uh, it's not like it, it doesn't mean anything to them. Uh, it definitely does for the guys who, who sacrifice uh, their time to be out there. Uh, but but yeah, it, it, if the Guardians were in the position, let's say it was Emmanuel Class A instead of uh, Edwin Diaz. And and it very well could have been Emmanuel Class A in, in under, uh, under different circumstances. Uh, I think the uh, the impact to a, a market size team like the Guardians, as opposed to uh, the one that uh, they have there in, in in New York, is is completely different. And uh, you know nobody's going to be uh, crying any tears for the Mets and being in that situation. But it, it's certainly uh, not uh, not a great time to be a Mets fan if you're you're out there. Uh, that Puerto Rico team is going to take on Mexico uh, tonight in the World Baseball Classic in Florida. A uh, big game for Team Puerto Rico, big game for Mexico, and the uh, the pitching matchup is is one of uh, you know pretty pretty significant uh, as uh, you've got Marcus Stroman going for uh, Team Puerto Rico, and you've got Julio Urias from uh, the Dodgers, the lefty, going for uh, Team Mexico. Should be a really great matchup. Yeah, great matchup, great atmosphere. It's in Miami. Uh, it should be a it should be a great game. I'm watching uh, Francisco Lindor, Joe. He's hitting 467, seven for 15 in the tournament, and in 2017 he hit two home runs against Mexico in in the WBC in two, in 2017. So that that's my guy to watch right now. Tell you what, Francisco Lindor for Puerto Rico is looking a lot more like Francisco Lindor when he played for uh, Cleveland. Uh, you, you can definitely see the joy in his game is back. Uh, it's been missing the last couple of seasons for him playing in in New York, playing with the Mets. Uh, I think uh, he's he looks like a completely different ball player right now. Yeah, it's uh, that's a big market. It's a hard market to get used to in New York, and um, and it's not. <laughs> I think people would say the Mets are a little easier than the Yankees. So <laughs> Francisco's lucky he didn't go to the, the the Bronx Bombers, but he looks like his old self. He's coming off a great year last season, and you know and he loves to play for Puerto Rico. He is he is one of the uh, you know he's one of the elite players from the from the from that island and. Uh, He's, uh, you know, he's representing the country well. Uh, all right. Uh, hey, I uh, wanted to mention our uh, subscription service, Subtext, uh, Guardian Subtext. Hoynes, you'll be out there uh, next week. 
uh, getting ready for the, uh, the the start of the regular season. Uh, we'll have uh, it's a great time to subscribe, three ninety nine a month. Uh, if you log on to cleveland.com slash subtext, you can find how, how to uh, subscribe there. Uh, and if you call or if you uh, send a text message to 216-208-4346 uh, to subscribe there, it'll send you a link back and you can uh, get signed up and get all the uh, the the back and forth with myself and Hoinsey, uh, get our takes behind the scenes on some of these uh uh, these moves with the roster and and what we're seeing in the World Baseball Classic. Uh, so sign up for subtext there. Hoinsey will be uh, back with you on Monday, and we'll talk to you then. All right, Joe.